Hey everybody, it's Dylan Gott, co-host of John and Dylan Online. Before we get started on this week's episode, I'm just leaving a quick note to say we are starting our Patreon September 1st. September 1st, we're starting our Patreon, patreon.com backslash John and Dylan Online. That's patreon.com backslash John and Dylan Online. You'll be getting extra episodes, these episodes ahead of time, no ads, and it's five bucks a month. So please join John and Dylan online, patreon.com backslash John and Dylan online. Thanks so much and enjoy this episode with tons of cussing. Ooh, cool. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of John and Dylan Online, a show where two comedians do half-assed research into bullshit from internet history, fucking motherfuckers. I'm Dylan Gott. Joining me is my co-host and the man who will introduce the subject of this show, John Hastings. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. My name is John Charlie Sheen Hastings. I am covered in the hiv virus i have just had sex Ooh. with 11 crack rocks and three porn stars martin sheen is my dad and he makes very awkward interviews about my health case ladies and gentlemen it's time to talk about winning 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 it's the charlie sheen internet meltdown holy fuck Dylan, we got everything we got alex jones we got him just using a jewish guy's bat mitzvah name in a very i don't like george soros way we've got a guy getting hiv we've got a porn star we've got a graphic designer we've got chuck zito we've got the howard stern show we've got a tour that mark Marin worked on we've got a tour that russell peters was a part of We've got a tour that was a really bad idea. We've got a tour that Andrew Dice Clay said he wanted to open for. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about how the show Two and a Half Men went from being real bad to sort of also even worse. Let's talk about the weird roast that he did. Let's talk about how Dylan isn't wearing any trousers because today is the Charlie Sheen meltdown. Dylan, go ahead. I think that Charlie Sheen, do I have Adonis DNA? Well, here's the thing. Charlie Sheen. I would say is a precursor to Donald Trump because he proved that if you are funny enough, your crimes don't matter. It's not only that. It's not funny enough. If you are confident and you're attempting to be funny and this, the key is I watched all of the Charlie Sheen interviews. This is the key. You need to have a woman interviewer going as he's going winning tiger blood <laughs> torpedoes of truth. I found that. Oh, the fuck. I don't know what. So the Today Show interview the man who introduced him on the Today Show is insane. That that the the Today Show interview is the Today interview is so crazy compared to the so the twenty so there's two main interviews where all of the things from the Charlie Sheen meltdown come from. We're sort of doing this out of order. We'll get to basically what happens is Charlie Whatever. Sheen smoked so much crack he had a manic episode that he blames on testosterone cream. I will give the I will give yes he did blame it on too much testosterone. Here here are some fucking sick ass fucking quotes. Keep in mind, you know, John, the other thing he blamed it on whenever anyone when no, whenever anyone oh, talks about how Charlie Sheen is a bad boy and whatever, here's here's one of the things he like choked his wife. He fucking hit his wife while she was pregnant. So that's a bad boy. Now, oh, you wearing a leather jacket? Ooh, you're a bad boy. I pushed a pregnant woman down the stairs. Also a bad boy. We're going to get really nonspecific about what makes someone a bad boy. Anyway, so yeah. he is a whole... I'm a, real, I'm a real bad boy. I like to take my ex-wife Denise Richards out for dinner and for no reason invite a porn star over and then change my hotel room so I'm in this, on the same floor as my ex-wife and then oh, I'm going to yeah. physically <laughs> attack that porn star yeah, and yeah, get yeah. arrested. Um, show her what she was missing out on. Will my twin daughters be asleep in Denise's hotel room while all of this happens? Of course. They need they need to know what it's like when a man acts correct. <laughs> Here are some of the... We should really have... I should really have planned this better and just done like crimes with the funny quotes. But uh, the lady was like, how much did you use the last time you used? That's my favorite thing. She's like... He was like, I don't know. I was banging seven grab rocks and finish him. I have one speed. Go. 
There is never. What? How did they put this man on television? I'm going to say this right now. This is going to sound crazy, and I'm very lucky in that I have blessed and that I've have and had uh, a cokehead as a as a close friend. I know someone who went through the late stages of cocaine addiction. Um, and exactly the same as Charlie Sheen. Here's a couple of factors that no one took into account. One, cocaine does not stay in your system to be drug tested. So the reason why he was passing all of those drug tests is he just called a sketchy doctor in Hollywood, which there are so many of, and just was like, how long do I have to wait to take a drug test between smoking big fat rocks of crack? You don't even have to call. You don't have to call anyone. That was the thing about like all these roid tests and like. John Jones in the UFC got tested positive for cocaine and everyone was like, oh, that's fucked because he just did cocaine then. Cause it's like, it's, it's like 12 hours. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like the, uh, this podcast used to be a wrestling podcast. There's a wrestler called Tully Blanchard who tested positive for cocaine when he signed a contract. And it's like, he signed that contract, then did cocaine in the bathroom. And then they're like drug tests. Like it's fucking nuts. Oh dude. No. Yeah. I mean, wrestling has a huge, uh, the eighties, ba- a bunch of baseball players tested positive for cocaine, and that means they were doing cocaine. You guessed it, during the games. Like they really tried to make them not test positive, but people were like, who's the guy that was on Seinfeld? Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez talks about Daryl Strawberry just did coke in the dugout. Which I gotta yeah. tell you, how boring is a game of baseball that the players are like. I'm getting ripped. I'm doing some fucking lines of Charlie. Well, that was a, uh, that's a real big, whatever. But anyway, during the sixties, there was a borderline, uh, what was it? It's borderline a hundred percent of people, um, did cocaine in baseball because there's so many games and you have to pay attention for so long that everyone was just doing meth so they could yeah, pay yeah. attention and not just be bored. It'd be like, that was a strike. And instead of arguing, you'd be like, yeah, man, there's too many of these. Why don't I just skip some? Can I skip some? Why do I have to do all these games? Dylan, I want you to apologize. They were not taking meth. They were taking black beauty amphetamines, which I think are probably worse because they weren't smoking it. They were like Mickey Mantle was taking handfuls of amphetamine tablets and then I assume biting through a baseball bat. That's sick. I'm just going to say this about athletes in the 60s. They were like um, a, a a corpse in 2023 is healthier than at like baseball players in the 60s. You look at like what Mickey Mantle did to his body. He's like, well, he took speed every day. And when he wasn't drinking, he was shitting on a baby. And then they replaced his <laughs> liver. He stabbed himself in that new liver and then just went... I like it when it's damaged and drank through that one. He fucking rules. Fuck. Yeah. I I do like that. People would be like, he was cheating. What do you do? Jog occasionally. That's a performance advantage. Anyway, here's a man who did not have a performance advantage, but still sped ahead of his own brother, Emilio. Oh my God. Fuck you. Mighty ducks. You piece of shit. Can we give a tiny little rundown of Charlie Sheen's career up to the meltdown? Charlie Sheen uh, was a boy in the 80s. Oh, my God. He was the rebel. He was he was the kid who smoked in Ferris Bueller. He appeared in what are a bunch of uh, what are called Brat Pack films with the, the two Corys. Uh, by the way, Corey Feldman has accused Charlie Sheen of uh, raping uh, Corey Haim on the set of I think the movie was Joshua or Lucas, Lucas the set of Lucas. Pardon me. And Charlie Sheen has denied these claims, as have a variety of other people, including Corey Haim's own mom, and was like, Corey Feldman is misremembering the story. It was this other guy who has already been charged with that crime. Why did he make a documentary? It was one of the most dark things I've read <laughs> in the entire research of this. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, very dark. Um, but yeah, basically, Charlie Sheen was a movie star in the 80s and early 90s. Giant drug problem. Uh, constantly, Martin Sheen would be appearing on Entertainment Tonight in those years and be like, I don't know what to do about Charlie. And you always are like, man, Martin, you are a good actor. Because when you were playing a character, you seem like the coolest, most dynamic man ever. And you in an interview, you seem like you are really not fun. Like, like, not, like just preachy and like the most. Maybe you don't want to have that soda. Because you're going to fucking die. And you're like, all right, Martin, you, you you had a heart attack and filled Apocalypse Now. How about you get off my fucking dick? Anyway, um, thank you. Then it's the 90s. He just does a bunch of drugs, pretends to be sober a bunch of times. Then he gets on to Two and a Half Men. This is a period of time where sitcoms and television, is they were like, these ratings have gone down, not understanding what streaming was about to do and that the ratings were about to go down. 
so much more drastically. And Two and a Half Men is this fucking runaway hit because, and this is going to sound crazy, it was the first time a movie star of Charlie Sheen's caliber just did a TV show. And what that did inadvertently is they were like, you see that crackhead? We're going to give that guy a fucking million bucks a week. What's going to happen? I mean, pretty much exactly what you think is going to happen is going to happen. It's just going to take... Slightly longer than you'd realize. Charlie is sober for the first part of that show. And then guess what? Char- Charlie, the mean sheen man, comes into town and it's time to get fucking nuts. Now, the problem that he has is Chuck Laurie is apparently a real big dick and is a sober guy and fucking hates that Charlie is smoking crack and then just doing his show. So they keep getting into a fight. And this is building up to the meltdown where Charlie Sheen keeps attacking various porn stars and ex-wives. He's apparently has porn stars on set he's having sex with. He's smoking crack openly. He keeps telling John Cryer to get prostitutes, which he does. Um, The kid who on the show converts to Christianity. And I kind of think it's because he's like 11 and he just sees Charlie Sheen fucking a porn star. I didn't think about the fact that there's a child around the whole yeah, time. There's a child. He's like, there's a, there's a I'm fucking doing crack. Mick Jagger can't touch me. And yeah. this kid starts trying to learn grade six science. Charlie, do you know how to play Uno? I know how to play Uno. Those trays, racks of crock in my fucking nose, bro. <laughs> Let's multiply. What is six crack rocks times six crack rocks make? Charlie, what more crack? And so it all culminates in. And now I will, I'm going to tell you what Charlie Sheen said is what caused it, which is Charlie Sheen was hospitalized because he smoked a bunch of crack and it started affecting his internal organs, which is just mm-hmm. holy shit. What is this guy? Fucking That's British? Cool. That's cool. That's correct. It is cool, Dylan, as long as you know it's cool. Now, he claims what, Dylan, I want you to know. I want to ask you, what does Charlie Sheen claim the reason he was hospitalized? What do you think his reason is? I It's the best. He said it was testosterone replacement. Oh, no, 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 no. That's the reason for the meltdown. This is the hospitalization before the meltdown. Women kept fucking nagging him. You are so close. He was watching the Chappelle show, and it's the sketch where Chappelle plays a blind oh, yeah. black man who's in the KKK. And he's Tyrone like, Biggums. No, wait, that's not Tyrone Biggums. No, no, it's not Tyrone Biggums. Yeah, the black guy in the KKK. Yeah, black guy in the KKK. And he went, I laughed so hard. I gave myself a hernia, went to the hospital. And then Chuck thought that was a drug overdose. So he sent in the heavies. And it's just like, is that as someone who has spoken to people that have a cocaine addiction? That right there sounds like the most cocaine addict. Like, uh, I know that you've spoken to a doctor and you have the information, but I have a convoluted story that I'm going to present that seems like it makes way more sense. You're like, Shut it is, the fuck it up. is fucking this fucking meltdown. So uh, just to cu- touch on a couple things like late 80s, Charlie Sheen is like insane, like it, it, mm. the level of star he is because he's like he's a teen heartthrob and then he does platoon which I oh think it's nominated for an Oscar. So it's kind of like what if Zac Efron then just won an Oscar. Like it's that's so this is so true. But it's also it's not only Zach. Imagine Zach Efron won an Oscar for a movie that everyone's dad is like, I'm gonna buy that young man a drink. Like you yeah, have to yeah, understand yeah. and Wall not, Street and that Wall Street where it's like also like yeah. yeah, he's in the great douche movies. I like Platoon, but anyone who loves Platoon is a Gen X cunt. That's one of those movies that like everyone who's like Platoon rules, and it's like you did not understand that movie. Like it's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I like to try it, potheads. Like, it's just like, it's a great movie, but it's so fucking dark. Never like, seen it. Oh, Dylan, For you will would, now. You would enjoy it, actually. It's a really nice movie. I think you should no. watch it with your uh, watch it with your son no. and then stop being friends with me. Because if you ever watch that movie with a child, you should be arrested. I like movies where no one dies. I watched Wall Street, loved it. Gonna watch the second one. Why not? I haven't watched Wall Street. I have. Wall I Street's start- great. It's just like, like if you like succession, you'll like Wall Street. It's just a guy's his dad's like, why don't you get a real job? But his and his son's like, No, I want to make enough money that I own the moon. And then his dad's like, That's not the point of life. And he's like, Like tits it isn't shit, Dick. That's sick. Then of course at the end, you know. The other thing to also remember about his early 80s fame is also it's also Emilio. So his brother is also famous, and it's because of his dad. Like, this is the thing, is it's like they're these movie star making family. And Martin Sheen, you have to remember, Martin Sheen is in Apocalypse Now. And he is, because of the West Wing and stuff like that, it's changed. But like Martin Sheen was, again, dads of the 80s and 90s are like, 
fuck yeah, Martin. Fuck yeah, Charlie. Like, it's this oh, very yeah. weird Daddy fame. had two hot sons. Oh, yeah, two hot sons. One of them went on to be in Mighty Ducks and then make the movie Bobby, which was fine. Yeah, I guess Emilio Estevez. And, uh, of course, there's some... Uh, wait, wait. That, so that's, that's who he is as a movie star. He starts to fade out. Uh, Major League does well. He has a couple mm. other hits. He kind of pivots into doing comedy, hot shots, Bart Duh. Like, people don't. Sidebar. Can I just say something about both of the movies you meant? Major League and Hot Shots Part Deux are unsung classics. They are Major League is the best sports movie of all time. Field of Dreams can absolutely suck not my ass. Na- Field of Dreams. How is Field of Dreams number two? Field of Dreams. Everyone always goes, "I love Field of Dreams." Field of Dreams. Raging Bull. Hoosiers. Raging Bull is- Anything. Hoosiers. Shut Hoosiers. the fuck 100% up. Hoosiers. Hoosiers. You're out of your you mind. Never. What are you? Because you never played sports. That man touched those souls. I absolutely played sports. This is the thing. I play. I had dyspraxia. What's the Oliver on... Stone one where they just like make any up given Sunday? Any oh given Sunday. That one was dope. I like. Here's what I like about any given Sunday is Oliver Stone's version of the NFL as a guy's eyeball falls out. It gets crushed in a guy's foot and they like keep playing the game. Oh, my God. His version of the NFL is first of all, Oliver Stone more than any other human being. I fucking hate Oliver. Oliver Stone is a yes. liar. He is just Oliver a Stone's l- the fucking here's why Oliver Stone's the best is uh when the Jesse Ventura uh conspiracy theory show, one of mm-hmm. the experts is all Oliver Stone's son, and his only credit that makes him an expert in conspiracy theories is that he's Oliver Stone's son. Yeah, like Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone is essentially just fucked up the JFK assassination conspiracy theory because everyone I recently was speaking to someone and they kept quoting that film, and I finally had to go. He made stuff up in that. There's a bunch, you know, that whole scene with the bullet and the thing. That's not how that happened. He changed it to work for the movie. That's like, I fucking hate Oliver Stone. He has this new documentary out on nuclear power that literally ignores the fact that when you make nuclear power, the byproduct is you make weapons grade plutonium. And he literally was like, these fucking pussies need to stop bringing up the negatives of nuclear power. I'm a shithead who's probably married to a 20-year-old Thai lady, and I definitely take weird, hard shits. <laughs> but Oliver Stone, I mean, it's so funny, because Oliver Stone's uh, muse, it, its I mean, you can see this, is uh, Char- like, all right, Charlie Sheen and Oliver Stone combine to make Wall Street and Platoon. Those are his two, like those, let's, well, JFK. They were, they were thought to be they were thought to be uh it was kind of like they, everyone thought Oliver Stone and Charlie Sheen were going to be the new like fucking Scorsese and De Niro. And De Niro, yeah. He ends up casting Tom Cruise in Born on the 4th of July. That then completely destroys uh their relationship for a while and they both kind of like make shitty mo- like they both do movies that aren't as well received uh moving forward. Anyway, that is Charlie Sheen. This is how Charlie Sheen's a star. Now let's get into the... I want to get into this, which is the history of Charlie Sheen being a piece of shit. Yes. Why wouldn't we get into this? Go ahead. This go is on. before the meltdown. Way before the meltdown. We have... And this is <laughs> just a drop in the bucket, I assume. Oh, yeah. This is just the stuff. Like, bear in mind, Charlie Sheen's uh, current house, uh, where I used to live in Los Angeles, there was a secret rich person neighborhood. They're dotted around the city. And the one that Charlie Sheen lives in it was close to my house. And there was a McDonald's in COVID. And if you look on YouTube, there's a bunch of videos of Charlie Sheen just fucked up in a hedge of a McDonald's. Just being like, you, you can get me a quarter pounder. And I was uh, super stoned one night and I walked over there to get a milkshake. And I super stoned said to the person, hey, man, this is a weird question. Has Charlie Sheen been here recently? And the guy was like, yeah, he lives right over there. He's here every night. He's so drunk these days. And I was like, good to know. Go ahead, Dylan. He's been sober five years. I do. Let me say this right now. Don't believe it. Maybe off drugs. Maybe he just still gets drunk. Anyway. Yeah, whatever. In 1990, Charlie Sheen shot his oh, then yeah, fiance he, Kelly he, Preston he, in the arm during a domestic so dispute. Nuts. Shot. Shot his wife. He, that's up there with the Sean Penn held Madonna out of a window by her neck. And everyone's I like, don't believe that. We talked about this in another episode. I don't believe that. There's Sean Penn made that up. Do you think Sean Penn made that up? There's no way he can hold a woman with one hand. Sean great Penn point. is not That's a strong such a man. Great point. There's no way. No, that is like he's like, yeah, I heard there was the domestic dispute and you were both crying. Actually, I held her out the window with one hand. 
Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. No, what I like about what you're saying is that would make Sean Penn even angrier than being like, you're a fucking piece of shit. He'd be like, I'll hold Sean Penn actually out a window with one hand. Oh my God, I'll hold him out of the window with my fucking dick, that fucking loser. Yeah, your dick can grip things. Oh my God. Sean Penn was unsufferable. He's particularly unsufferable because LA is a stew and our city council sucks. Sean Penn was the one who provided COVID testing during COVID and the vaccine rollout in the city was Sean Penn. And so he kept appearing on fucking newspapers in a camo jacket being like, we're out here making sure society is good to its core, which is why we're called core. And I f- fuck off, Sean Penn. Fuck well, that off. part, that part I can't be mad at. But maybe when he gave the vaccine, he was like, by taking this, you admit I can hold a woman out a window with yeah, one by hand. taking this. You can admit I'm pretty cool and you have to buy me a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. OK. Add in the fact that she was hurt by my punches. That's probably how it works. <laughs> Added the fact I could hurt someone. You know, Charlie Sheen shot Kelly Preston. Can you tell people that was me? Yeah. You are not Suge Knight, and she is not Vanilla Ice. You guys had a domestic dispute, which is abysmal, and obviously Sean Penn's a terrible man for having done that. There's no goddamn way he's strong enough to hold a fucking woman out a window. Yeah, we're trying to hurt him, guys. I don't know if you know this, but this is going to hurt Sean Penn a lot more. Also, we know Sean Penn listens. Anyway. um... (laughs) Yeah, Sean Penn, if you're listening, which I know you are. Oh, if. Suck a chub. Yeah. Hey. (laughs) Bite my chub, bud. Uh, yeah, you don't even in. deserve the fully. Anyway, 1995, Charlie Sheen was all over the Heidi Fleiss scandal. Oh, which... yes. He was Heidi Fleiss's number one ca- uh, client. Uh, Heidi Fleiss, by the way, was the Hollywood madam. Uh, her and an Armenian gentleman she later betrayed uh, were running a very high level um, uh, brothel. Uh, throughout Los Angeles that had a lot of high-level clients well, and also dated Tom T- Sizemore. Crazy time. How did Charlie Sheen deal with this? This is very important. I'm going to assume smoked crack and then was like, yo, I did do that and it's awesome. I think he was pretty like... That is yeah. it. No, that is totally it. Everyone else was like, I really need to seek therapy. I don't know why. And then he was like, the he was the he spent 50 grand on prostitutes in one year and he was like, yeah, because it's good. Any other questions? Oh, and uh, then no, in... no, no, no. That's not specifically what he said. What he specifically said was, "You spent fifty dollars. What is it like spending fifty grand on prostitutes?" And he's like, "Hey, man." He did the classic line of like, "Hey, you're not paying them to be there. You're paying them to go away." Ah. Yeah, yeah. High fives. And he was at the trial. He testifies. He preferred the cheerleader type, which I assumed was not asked the question of. <laughs> yeah, like I assume. How much money do you spend? I like cheerleaders. Yeah, I get when they look like they're still in high school. Uh, Mr. Yeah, that's what, he, that's what the implication <laughs> that's what he said. said. I get when they're in their teens. Sorry, yeah, what? what? Prost- <laughs> what? <laughs> like, just both of the lawyers look at each other like, what are we supposed to do here? He's like, it's cool, right? He's like, you know what I think the hottest thing is when a woman has no passport. Yum, yum time. Yeah. You know what's really cool is when you just have their identification and control them financially. So they just have to hang out with you. <laughs> I can't pronounce the country you're from, but I know you have no money. That's yeah. hot. What the fuck is Canada? <laughs> 1996. What did he do? He assaults his girlfriend. Yes, he does. Charged with misdemeanor battery. Please no contest. Two years of probation. So now we're talking about go for it. what a time it was to be a celebrity in the 90s in Dude, that you can untouchable. Like, do you understand that if this was now Twitter would be on fire? Charlie Sheen's oh, wow. literally in a courtroom smoking a cigarette being like, <laughs> I like him fresh. And everyone's like, he likes them fresh. At least he's honest. And then like, <laughs> <laughs> that gives us a movie idea. Clueless. Yeah. <laughs> Mm, we're clueless about how he's a monster and these girls are clueless about how they shouldn't be that close to Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Uh, he goes to rehab in 98 because his dad oh. gets him to, uh, oh, second wife, Denise Richards. So he goes through uh, a bunch of sobriety. Wild thing Denise himself, Richards, herself. Oh, buddy. Announces they're divorcing. There's a bitter custody battle. She claims he had physically and ver- verbally abused her and threatened to kill her. As a result, she gets a restraining order. Uh, you're missing something else. She also claimed that he saw she saw him looking at uh, gay porn uh, and then child porn. And he and let me, this is to tell uh, Charlie Sheen's credit. He was like, <laughs> that's wild. Oh, yeah. And then he went to the FBI with all of his devices and was like, search it. Let's go. And it was one of those things where I know that energy, which is Charlie Sheen is like, yeah, I smoke crack. Yeah, I'll beat up ladies. Yeah, I will hire a bunch of sex workers and trap them in my house. But I draw a line somewhere. That's too far. You know what I mean? That's the energy that that felt. <laughs> or well, also def- like 
the fact that in the mid 2000s gay porn and child porn were kind of like that isn't fucking it's that makes her it's so insane that denise rogers is like you watch child porn no i didn't all right uh yeah he dodged that bullet kid porn <laughs> and then you're like well, well the way you, well, the way you presented it he was like kid porn and gay porn as if it's that's like what it was, that's the how, same line that's how it was presented in the article i read that's fucking Rich, crazy like this is the thing that people talk about like it's like oh man society is different it's like yeah society is there were polls in like 2005 that were like america will get mar- gay marriage in 20 50 50 and it's like what the fuck also it's like if he, someone's watched child porn, you can stop there. You go mm-hmm. like he watched child porn and I saw him shoplift once. He wants to fuck kids and just as bad is also maybe bisexual. <laughs> Experimented with marijuana. He beat up my dad and then also didn't tip someone who did his laundry. <laughs> Nah, 2009, he's arrested in Colorado. More domestic violence against new wife, Brooke Mueller. Brooke Mueller. This is the beginning of the meltdown. So this is the beginning of the meltdown. Uh, assaults his wife. Now, a couple of things to also remember. At some point in here, Charlie Sheen gets diagnosed with HIV. We do not know when, and we, but that is a part of this that he will not acknowledge, but it clearly is because of the timeline of when he says he got diagnosed. Because he admits he it in 2014. Admits it in 2015, and he said it was um four to five years before so it's somewhere around 2011 which is the height of the meltdown yes because this is this goes on like he's a pretty much on a two-year drug binge but the show is so successful he's getting two million dollars an episode and i think another part of the secret sauce of the chuck Lorre shows is legit um this is big bang theory this is of course two and a half men is that when Arrested Development came along, everyone was like, oh, this is really cool, cool the faux like uh, documentary style they're doing this in. But everyone who was a baby boomer was like, yeah, but I like a laugh track. And Chuck Lorre's like, here's a laugh track. I think that is such a that is such an underrated part of it. That's a that's more than an underrated part of it. And you're completely right. Is he's he makes trad sitcoms specifically for a slightly older demographic. That's why he's on CBS, because CBS with its like footprint basically still caters to a, an older audience in primetime. So that's why they still have those sitcoms. And Chuck Lorre literally owns the fucking moon. Oh, yeah, baby. Um, and basically, yeah, he can't do any wrong. We're building up. It's August. Um, pardon me. October 2010. He is found intoxicated and naked in a trash hotel room in New York City. Um, he is hospitalized and later admits uh, drug abuse. 2011 uh, January production of two and a half men is halted. So Sheen can go to a rehab facility. He begins publicly criticizing Chuck Lorre in radio interviews. Now, why this is important is Chuck Lorre is an AA guy. So if you are in the middle of a very intense drug binge, the person you're going to hate the most is an AA person because a, they know what to say to make you feel judged. They know how to see through your bullshit and they're not going to just let you keep doing what you want to do, which is drink and do drugs. So you're going to attack that guy, which leads to February of 2011. What radio show does our boy go on, Dylan? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Alex Jones. Yes, it's the first appearance of Alex Jones on the program. Not the last, to be sure. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 2011. Alex Jones is so soon about to just ruin his entire life by not shutting the fuck up about the Sandy Hook massacre and claiming it was fake. But before he gets to that, he gets widespread media coverage looking back what a fucking way to spread the bullshit of alex jones because what alex jones did in the 2000s just a sidebar of how they know each other is anytime a celebrity questioned 9-11 alex jones praised them as brave and would talk about how like this is what we need to do and the thing with celebrities is not all of them are very political and they're like roseanne barr and charlie sheen who get a lot of shitty press and one person in the media is saying to them you're right. That's such a good idea. You know what else you should do is make sure that if there's any black people or Jews, you know, you kill them. Um, and so Charlie Sheen and fucking stupid Alex Jones becomes friends. When Char- uh, Charlie Sheen's all fucked up on crack, who are you going to call? The guy who's fucked up on booze. Yay! He goes on the radio show, calls Chuck Lorre Chaim Levitz a bunch of times. Like, very, it's very, oh boy. <laughs> Calls him by his real name and also oh, no, he doesn't. Like, no, that's not his real name. That's his bar mitzvah name. His real name Jesus is, Christ. is Charles Levine. And so the Chaim is the like the 
uh, Hebrew version of Charles that he said he read on a piece of paper and was to be a joke. And I'm like, was it, was it? <laughs> okay. That's bad. Not good. It is not good at this point. Well, he's just he's- trying to get under his skin. Like uh Chuck Lorre got under his skin by being like, Hey, here's a book you should read. Because yeah, exactly. Chuck Lorre was like, Hey, maybe you don't want to be putting all these chemicals in your body. Cause you have seven children and are going to die. Um, oh, the other thing is Chuck Lorre put, has all these vanity cards after his shows, one of which was Big Bang Theory, and it just talked about how he's a sober person, and if he dies before Charlie Sheen, he's going to be really upset, and Charlie Sheen is like, fuck this fucking guy. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, uh, yeah, so he goes on, um, Well, th- w- which one was the first one? Was it the Today Show or Good Morning America that was the first one? Because also, the other crazy thing and the hint that he's clearly using is that he does these in the morning. He's like, I can't be up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking up till noon. I'm not, I'm sleeping till midnight, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, it, that's very, very funny. So, I think it's Today Show. I think Today Show and Good Morning America are pretty close to each other afterwards. And that, and by the way, those are where we get winning, winner, winner, chicken dinner, Adonis DNA, Tiger Blood. Um, What are some of the, like, Ooh, I'm plugged this I'll thing. read you off the I'll read you I'm off on the a course. drug called Charlie Sheen. Oh god damn it. Read him off, baby. Here we go. I'm not bipolar, I'm by winning. I win That's here, right. I win there. What now? I have a disease. Bullshit. I cured it with my brain. That was when asked about how uh he's you were on drugs, now you're not. I'm tired of pretending I'm not special. I'm tired of there pretending I'm not a total bitchin' rock star from Mars. I mean, that is pretty awesome thing to say. I got to tell you, I don't the like last I, time I did drugs. I did more than anyone who ever lived after. I mean, I got to tell you, I actually probably believe that at this point, like, like, no, yeah. And basically it's like, well, how can you keep doing drugs and not die? I don't know. I got tiger blood in my veins. This is the other thing is these journalists really, this is the the thing with the Charlie Sheen meltdown is it is fucking, it is the appetizer for the Donald Trump presidential candidacy and his presidency. In that the way to stop this is if a journalist just went, no, what do you mean? No, you don't have that. You're a drunken loser and you smell bad. What? Like you directly confront these guys. Like, I don't understand this whole, like, um, well, that's a bit ridiculous. Like, just be like, you're a crackhead and you stink. And that's Brie Olson. And I have jacked off to her a lot, but I'm going to say this right now. She, she's got something scary in her eyes. And I don't know who the fuck that other lady is, but if anyone admits to being a graphic designer in 2011, you fucking kill them. You know what I mean? I think the part of the secret sauce, the the secret sauce that makes these great is the fact that he does them on Good Morning America and the Today Show. Yes. He's not doing these on 2020. He's not doing this on like interviews like where the interviewer will confront them like the friggin R. Kelly interview where R. Kelly comes out and he's directly confronted uh, with his crimes. He's not doing that. He's doing these to. Like peace interviews, that, exactly. And they're, they're like they're like I'm the, the so lighting sh- is really bright. The person has like perfectly coiffed hair. They're in a great mood, even though they've been up since fucking two a.m. And yeah. Charlie Sheen has also been up since two p.m. the previous day. So Dylan, ripping I actually, drugs. I have a question for you. As a, we're both stand-up comedians, so we've been around a lot of addicts. And what I realize is a lot of people just aren't able to be like, oh, that's what it is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I walk in and certain people I could be like, why is all oh, this guy being such a fucking erratic asshole? And I'm like, yeah, he's on coke. What do you like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't know that guy does coke? Like, that's what it feels like. And I feel like for these interviews, they just needed someone to be like, yeah, bro, I met a crackhead before. Let's move on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's even like I completely agree. And it's just a very interesting manipulation of the media that I would be interested to know if he was aware of or he just lucked out. Because I, I got to tell you, I don't know how savvy Charlie Sheen is. I would say Trump is this savvy, but I don't think fucking crackhead McPornstar really fucking knows shit from Shanulu. Well, this is what I was saying off the hop, which was it is. I don't I'm not a journalist, obviously, but like it is crazy. They let this man on television like there's got to be some sort of journalistic ethics that are completely uh used up here because good lord this dude's fucking annihilated on if television. you're uncomfortable with that what how this ends is is so interesting because no one talks about how this ends and i and it's the most fascinating part we'll get to that after the break we are going to get after that after the break we're going to talk more about the meltdown after the break dylan hey i assume you just blew your nose in the mouth of a stranger because you are cool After you do that, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever medium you use to enjoy it. And then head on out and cough in the mouth of someone you know and say, that's kissing where I come from. So, Dylan, 
When we left off, our boy Char, he's having quite a time. He's smoking crack. He's getting fired. He's a horrible man. He's giving interviews. Then what happened? He gets fired. He gets fired. The Chuck Lorre and the people at CBS go, it's not worth the ratings to keep this fucking crackhead around. Fire him. And is that a Dick Cheney mug I've been meaning to ask, by the way? Yeah, it's an inauguration mug, buddy. <laughs> Where did you get that? I want one so badly. I got it for 50 cents at a Salvation Army. I got a Nixon mug that I fucking love. <laughs> well, that's not it. That's not. That's a shitty fucking mug. Anyway, uh, tune into the Take Patreon. That back. Take that back right now. Take that back about my mug or this show is over. Take it back now. Never. What does he do after? What's the ultimate crazy guy thing you can do? He goes on a fucking stand-up comedy tour. Arena tour. Arena tour. And it's just people show up. They're seeing Charlie Sheen. He has no act. He just goes, you guys are fucking pieces of shit. Fuck you for paying for this asshole. So what's so much funnier is what happens is he books this tour, but like any manic episode, by the time he's doing the tour, he's now dropping into the dark part, which is the worst time to do a live show. So it starts off as, I don't know if you were, were you listening to podcasts during this tour? No, I knew he was doing a tour, but like I only listen to like infotainment podcasts. So enlighten me. What was happening? So Mark Marin, a bunch of com- bigger comedians from L.A. very quickly were called in to help write an act. And then eventually Russell Peters, the rest, most of the tour was Russell Peters just talking to Charlie Sheen. Because what happened is they announced this and it sold the fuck out. Like it was he was like. Charlie Sheen in the moment when like Tiger Blood and winning like that was culture. The fuck 2011 was really weird. If people weren't still selling, still yelling, "Why so serious?" from fucking the Dark Knight, they were uh, they were yelling, "Winning, winning!" Yeah. And so we sold out this tour. Uh, Mark Marin did punch up and went to go talk to him about it on the first night at I think in New York and just kept talking about how much people were smoking cigarettes. And it was like, that's what sticks in my mind is Mark Maron could not. He's like, I have never seen people smoke so many cigarettes inside. Like he was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that was the thing I was watching on the Good Morning America and Today Show interview is he's smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, this guy's for sure ashing in a pop can. And nothing says like this guy started smoking inside without anyone telling anyone other than like i guess you can use this pop can or a mug well that's his house that's the other thing is it's it's in his house he's smoking it's in his house but what's crazy is is that that i remember seeing that and i was a we were smokers at the time and i remember being like holy fuck that's the first time i've seen a cigarette smoked on camera in 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 years years. although by the way i want you to know something watching those interviews i really wanted a cigarette there was one moment where he just was like yeah 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 and I was like, oh, that'd be nice. Right. I know exactly what that because that's like. a, that'd the, the brilliant thing they do to make it look like shitty is they, they he's only smoking the end where it's like if you see someone light a cigarette, take the first drag. You're like, OK, that's cool. But if you see someone just like the end, the end, the end you're like, it's no. complete. It's an interesting thing. Now that I'm a I'm a weed smoker, I'll smoke it right down to the filter because I just want to get high. Uh, but a cigarette three quarters of the way. Get that in the ashtray. What are you fucking doing? <laughs> so anyway, uh, yes, he was on this tour. By the end, it's cobbled together into something because he has Russell Peters just interview him the whole time. Much like the Mike Tyson. If you want to like what was what it's like, like listen to the Mike Tyson podcast where Mike Tyson just gets so fucking high. Oh, the Mike Tyson podcast. Henry Cejudo has to just talk the whole time. We're not going to do it next week, but at some point we're doing the Mike Tyson podcast because it is fucking insane. There were the they won't release it, but there's an episode where him and Alex Jones just did mushrooms that I (laughs) it's all i want to listen to (laughs) it's just i just i just don't see like there's no theater in watching a man get super wasted and then just like stare at the ceiling while a guy goes so mike was it nice when you were a boxer and he goes yes (laughs) i think what you're forgetting at that time when i felt of that woman that's the memory no that's too much of a sentence yeah that's actually true like my type the other thing that's crazy about that podcast is when it started, he was way more lucid. Like we've inadvertently been like, let's start a podcast. What's happening with Mike? Oh, you know how boxers all go that kind of weird towards the end where you're like, oh, just whatever you do, don't give him the microphone. He's there now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did say he was going to eat people's children 20 years previous. So I don't know if it's uh, like he also uh, I think, Dylan, you need to remember the whole quote, which is I'm a dangerous man. I'm going to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Are you a Muslim? Yeah. No. <laughs> My defense is impregnable. I'm ferocious. I'm going to eat your children. 
I, I'm going to say this right now. If you get to a certain level as a boxer, they should just kill you. There, nothing has been improved by letting Mike Tyson live low these 30 years. When he had, <laughs> he had that one-man show. Apparently, by the way, that one man show apparently did was like I know some people that saw it. They said it was exceptional. Someone who works really? in one man shows said it was one of the better ones they'd ever. Because what they basically said was it was like it was Mike Tyson not taking a bunch of THC and it was 10, 15 years ago. So he was lucid and like he apparently addresses the sexual assault in the play, which you hope is he does it in a Nanette way. But I think he probably did it in a uh, Howard Stern way. <laughs> So I guess you can say he was hot. I do what I please. Mike Tyson. <laughs> we can um we can break the meltdown, the two meltdown interviews as such. Charlie Sheen goes on there and what he wants to do in his head, what everyone sees is this guy's ripped on fucking everything. But what he, his goal was, I'm fine. Just because I'm on shit doesn't mean I didn't do a great job. Chuck Lorre's a fucking asshole. He's a piece of shit. Everyone hates him. AA is dumb. I actually say Charlie Sheen has a point here, which is so they go on a limited hiatus in January and Chuck Lorre says to him when he goes, I can work. This is a hernia thing. And Chuck Lorre says, well, I don't have scripts. And Chuck Lorre says the same thing in June and has since cited that he was burnt out on the show as well. And it was sort of a lot of things building and coming. I'm not excusing any of Charlie Sheen's behavior. I think that Chuck Lorre was absolutely in the right and how Charlie Sheen behaved was really inappropriate. That said, I think Chuck Lorre, based on what any, like, you literally hear the name Chuck Lorre in Hollywood, and one person goes, that guy's all right, and eight people go, Buh. Kevin Pollack has openly said, I will never work in television as long as Chuck Lorre is still around. And, like, it's like, Kevin Pollack, you're not that famous. You should work in television. Also, Chuck Lorre doesn't <laughs> make that much television. Chuck Lorre almost is television now, to be fair, because of just television is just for 60-year-olds. And it's like, and, like, I don't, like, let me say this. Uh, Chuck Lorre is giving money to Billy Gardell. Billy Gardell, I think, is literally the nicest human being in all of entertainment. And I'll tell this story. I went to the wrong comedy club when showcasing for my now manager and had to take a almost $100 Uber and bribe the Uber driver to pay traffic laws when I was very broke to showcase for this manager. And I walked in sweating, walked on stage, did it. It was all fine. And... uh but it was the most fucked moment in my life. And Billy Gardell walked up to me and said, how much was your Uber after hearing the story? He's like, I want to see the receipt. And I was like, this is really fucked up. And I showed it to him. And then Billy Gardell paid for my Uber. I'm going to say this right now. You pay Billy Gardell, Chuck Lorre? You're all right in my book, which I know you're wondering about. I know you're sitting in your palatial giant estate atop Hollywood going, I wonder how that guy who pissed in the bushes of Griffith Park three days ago wonder if he respects me. I do, because you employ Billy Gardell. 2014, this is good. Because, all right, so he has a show called Anger Management. Okay. That show is presented on the internet. Like, it just happened to come out. What happened was FX was launching FX as this sort of new HBO. And what's not, what we have to present is Charlie Sheen was the, the amount of discussion over Donald Trump in the years he was president, that's what Charlie Sheen was like in the winter of 2011. Everyone knew about it. Everyone talked about it. And FX was like, we'll give him a fucking show. And Charlie Sheen was like, I'm going to make more money than Chuck Lorre. So the deal they signed was first season, 10 episodes, second season, 90 episodes, bringing it up to a syndicated, a syndication level of episodes that they, that Charlie Sheen could then make a bunch of money on and attack Chuck Lorre is clearly the cokehead logic they presented. Um, the problem is, is by the time they get to production, Charlie Sheen's manic episode is over. He is now a depressed drug addict and now having to make a comedy show, which is not great. Not great. Uh, and they end up making the hundred episodes. Selma Blair leaves because she's like, I can't work with a drug addict who just doesn't show up. And Charlie Sheen is like, I mean, I don't know if you've heard of me, but that is, this is kind of the deal. And she was like, all right, I'm leaving. And uh, they bring in Martin Sheen to be a part of it. And um, then it ends and Charlie Sheen just hangs out. Yeah, it's uh, it was the, what, what do you call it? Is the RC Cola of sitcoms where it's like, we're just trying to be two and a half men. Two and a half men uh, continues with Aston Kutcher. And uh, he Charlie Sheen has starts his anger management show about a year later. Both of them kind of stink. Peter off. Of course, Chuck Lorre finds Big Bang Theory, which is one of the biggest shows ever um we well, already has big bang theory but it has not become the like 
the big thing ever. The other thing is at this time is a very big moment for the Comedy Central roasts. And there is the Charlie Sheen roast in the fall of 2011, which features uh, Patrice O'Neill in sort of a career-defining moment. Patrice O'Neill has now become Jesus of comedy in some circles. He was not a popular comedian when he was alive. This was the moment he broke out of that shell. He, Yes, he had, and then he had Elephant in the Room, and then subsequently died. Was this the one where he just riffed? Yes, this is the one where he riffed. This is, this is the one where he goes, William Shatner, I didn't realize you're just like an old racist man. Um, it's the best Patrice O'Neill, by the way, that's how you do a roast. It's so genuine and nice. and so mean. Also, it's very fun. This was all that roast is also the beginning of the end of everyone liking Amy Schumer because Amy Schumer made a very mean joke about Steve-O's friend dying. And the, this was also the time where the entire internet was like, all right, fuck this bitch. And then just went after her. Was it? I don't know. We'll do an Amy Schumer episode, but I think a lot of it is just like. I don't know. Whatever. We're talking about Amy Schumer another time. Amy Schumer, uh, it's rank, it's rank and awful sexism, but also Amy Schumer, like, she does not deserve the hate, but it's also this weird sort of thing of, like, Amy Schumer looks like what angry people on the internet think an asshole lady looks like, so they're just like, get her! Like, it's just such a fucking shame. <laughs> so, Charlie Sheen tries to get back on Two and a Half Men. Does that work out? Oh, yeah. Kitty! And then now it's still on. Opposite day! I fucking got you. Dylan? You got me. Uh, 2015, Charlie Sheen reveals he's HIV positive. Can I just say, where were you when you found this out? Where were I remember where I was. Uh, I don't. I remember the winning thing came on so strong. I never saw the interview. I just, you know, when you don't see a moment in pop culture, so you don't see the original thing, which is like yeah. for this show, I was the first time I've watched these interviews ever. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I only knew people walking around saying winning. And I was like, well, I don't know what that is, but I hate that. So I have friends from the suburbs. I had, I had a friend who like was into Charlie Sheen, got a tiger blood t-shirt. I told him, do not buy tickets to the live show. It will be bad. And he was like, I don't know, man, it's gonna be awesome. It reminded me of, do you remember my friend Mike and never saw the movie old school? He just saw people yelling. You're my boy blue. Yeah. You're my boy blue, and then the other one, the the wedding singing thing, where the guys, I fucking need you mo, and and Mike, because he had never seen old school, thought that most of the movie was about that wedding band, and he finally <laughs> saw it, and he was like, that was just like a throwaway thing, and that's what winning was. He says winning, like twice, and the tiger blood thing is such a throwaway as well. The banging seven gram rocks is the one where I'm like, okay, well, why wasn't people screaming I was banging seven gram rocks? Why did they stick with winning and tiger blood? But it's just weird to watch it back because I never I never saw this. So anyway, that is to say the HIV positive thing. By the time that comes out, I don't care about this. I couldn't care less about this man. Like I've he became so lame so quickly. We just talked about Epic Mealtime last week. That was exactly what it was where it was like. This this man is this man's drug addiction and baby death to me is like as annoying as bacon now. Yeah, that's exactly what that, that's exactly the correlation. I would completely agree. What was interesting was it came out and I just remember my flatmate was like Charlie Sheen has AIDS, and I was just like and I remember just thinking being like yeah that's that's the end run of this isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, it's not like, like of course Emilio Estevez has AIDS. Oh that my would god, be fucking shocking! If it was Emilio Estevez had AIDS, I'd be like fucking stop the Mighty Duck four. The Pret Squad. This guy's physically assaulted every single woman he's ever been in a relationship with, and he has AIDS. Why do I? Why is the last part surprising? Oh yeah, did he? Did, oh, oh, and it turns out that he's been sued by a bunch of women that he didn't disclose he had HIV to. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, of course, of course. he did. <laughs> yeah, what a fifty thousand dollars on prostitutes. Do you think those were all protected? Yeah. He paid however much he need, needed to to raw dog those prostitutes. When you're at 40 grand on prostitutes, you're going to start getting pretty nuts. Like you're like, we got to make it to 50 grand. <laughs> yeah. I got a t-shirt gun and I got a fucking kiddie pool filled with cream corn. What are we going to do? Uh, it's not going to be sex and you're going to be the one holding the t-shirt gun. Uh, oh, here's some other quotes from those interviews. I'm different. I just have a different constitution, a different brain, a different heart. I got tiger blood, man. And then here's here's these. It's because there's other quotes. So I have no idea why they didn't catch on. I'm an F-18, bro. I will destroy you in the air and I will deploy my ordinance to the ground. Can I just say, what's up with fucking dudes? Anyone who's a cokehead really gets into military hardware. 
because you're going fast, bro. You're going fucking fast. That's the thing, but it's a very interesting sort of situation. They always love military hardware. There's also a use. There's also a use of words that's very amphetamine addict. Like it's just the the idea (laughs) of like they they speak in like weird colloquial catchphrases. Like the '80s makes way more sense when you're like, bro, they were on cocaine. Like the Reagan administration didn't figure out that cocaine was coming into Florida until like '83. And that's only when they started putting boats in the water. Before that, you could sail cocaine in from Colombia, and they did. Like, do you know how yeah. bad you have to be at guarding your fucking ports that a guy in a sailboat sailed from Colombia with blow? And you weren't like, why the fuck is this guy in a schooner in the middle of the fucking Caribbean? Pull him over. Yeah, especially since your whole thing is law and order, and you're like, yeah. I can't. <laughs> hey. Oh, but you know crime out here, except for that guy in that nice sailboat. That guy seems to be having a great time. Uh, let me tell you how I knew that guy was not on cocaine. He wasn't wearing a shirt, but he was wearing a captain's hat, meaning he's a captain. <laughs> 2011, when Charlie Sheen did that thing, uh, I just have a note here that says, this man could have beaten Obama if he ran. If he would have like, I'm fucking Republican now. Everyone would have been like, yeah, bro. I think Donald Trump, someone saw Charlie Sheen, what Charlie Sheen did and went, Donald Trump does that. Like it's, <laughs> you look at it in our culture and it's like, Charlie Sheen is Donald Trump. It's the same personality. Like he just, the only difference is instead of saying winning, uh, Donald Trump won like, I don't know, Mexicans are rapists or whatever. I don't know. I got a big dick, you know? And it's the same people that were like, I win. I have tiger blood. We're the same ones that were like, you know what I mean? Like it's that same kind of like. Yeah, I like someone who I don't know. I think Sh- Charlie Sheen is not like like oh, so now he's doing podcasts. He's sober at this point and he's doing podcasts now and the energy is just like he's a man trying to live, trying to do something. No one will touch him with a 10-foot clown pole, but you know what's coming up? You what's being filmed right now? Documentary. No. How to be a bookie starring Charlie Sheen is written by Chuck Lorre, filmed specifically for HBO Max. Yeah. They're back together. Chuck Lorre, Chuck Lorre would like more money. And Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Why does he need more money? I think he's nuts. Like, I, like so there's a story. Of, I guess it's like whatever you do. Just you do what you do. And there's no like, oh, okay. So there's so he is. So Chuck Lorre is genuinely a bit of a prick. So the Kev, why Kevin Pollock will not. Uh, maybe he only just won't work with Chuck Lorre. But I remember him saying I won't work in television because of Chuck Lorre. Which if you ever listen to Kevin Pollock's chat show, which was a great podcast that now I'm done. You wouldn't be surprised that Kevin Pollack takes an asshole stand like that. That said, uh, Kevin Pollack was on the show Mum, written by Chuck Lorre, or a show run by whatever. The show The Good Wife does a surprise kill in their final episode. And supposedly Chuck Lorre like, knows that showrunner and was like, that guy's, that guy's not pulling off a surprise. I'll pull off a surprise. And just killed off Kevin Pollack's character for no reason and fucked the show because he's like, I like that guy. And then wanted to bring the character back. And they were like, no, he's dead. So Chuck Lorre is nuts, but of course he's how to be a bookie. Of course he's putting Charlie Sheen back in a thing. Because also we'll keep talking about Chuck Lorre. Chuck Lorre's smart. He wants more money. Well, and it's very, very good uh, strategy to have Such Charlie good PR. Sheen as a fucking bookie on a show. That's great. Also, by the way, anyone who looks like an old, like who looks like a haggard piece of shit more than tr- fucking Charlie Sheen at this point? Yeah, he very much has aged very bad he's he's definitely the only he's one of the only celebrities that i would say looks 57 and he is 57 like he just looks i mean i think like that's being rude shit. to other 57 year olds he looks like he looks he looks exactly what like a guy who spent 50 grand on prostitutes in one year and then didn't get sober would look like where it's just like bro did you at one point take off all your skin and then put on a charlie sheen skin suit over your skeleton yeah he's like okay you look like Jabba the Hutt's weird fuzzy friend. It should be said, too. Uh, you can listen to him on a lot of podcasts, a lot of long-form podcasts talking about sobriety. And, of course, um, he, he, the energy is completely different, obviously, from yeah. those interviews. He's, and He's one of those Hollywood's, um, Hollywood figures that appears on a lot of Scandinavian podcasts. Like Scandinavian people and Dutch people, for some reason, come to L.A. and then just interview like B and C-level celebrities by their pool. And Charlie Sheen is definitely like someone that would be in- interviewed by Patrick Bet David like a year and a half ago. That's Charlie Sheen. Also, I am sure Charlie Sheen either has a pa- Patrick Bet David or a Vlad. Who are those two fucking guys? You know who I'm talking about? Those two weird inter- YouTube interviewers? Patrick Bet David. 
or Vlad TV. Clearly just rich guys from another industry. He's on the inter- the Entourage Guys podcast. There's one of those. And What? The, I guess the dude who made Entourage. I don't Doug know Ellen? Name, does not let him talk a lot. Doesn't let anyone talk. Charlie Sheen doesn't let him talk or Doug Ellen doesn't let him talk? Doug, Doug Ellen just talks and it's crazy. I couldn't listen to it. I, oh my God. It is truly like if my... It's truly like... Uh, I wouldn't say... Because obviously we're old now, so you wouldn't even say dad, but it's like a bunch of 50-somethings with a fucking podcast. What it is, is it's a bunch of cousins that were slightly slightly older than me that I always kind of was like, you're kind of, you guys kind of stink. And then they're like in their their 50s and they're like, yeah, I don't cheat on my wife, but I do fuck my secretary. And you're like, yeah, I, my <laughs> suspicions were confirmed. Y'all fucking blow. That's the, like, always vibe. Can I just say this about the show Entourage? That is one of the craziest rewatches you can treat yourself to. The Dude, first 40 there's full seconds. Slurs. There's woo! full slurs in the first like four episodes. There's full slurs. There is full slurs. Like there's literally like the evidence that a woman cheated on her partner is she has her period and doesn't want to fuck. Oh, yeah. And then it's right. Like treat yourself. Like just walk in and be like. When did, when was this made? 1995, 2008, fucko. Oh yeah, and then the guy cheats on his yeah, the period lady gets cheated on and then he goes um, oh wow, I want to leave and she's like, "Fuck me again." And he's like, "All right." <laughs> it's like, "It's fine cuz she's a bitch." <laughs> yeah, it's fine cuz she's a so- yeah, he cheated on his girlfriend, but it's okay cuz she sucks 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 and he met a hot 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 slut slut slut. <laughs> oh yeah, every and everyone's <laughs> It's very like the bodies aren't like um. It, it's always good to watch old television shows and not even like Entourage, just like anything like that, because you get to see even what like how bodies like the typical bodies have changed. And like Entourage is definitely like all of these women, like women are just hanging out and they're six feet tall and one hundred exact pounds. There's a thirty minute episode where they see a woman who weighs a hundred and twenty five pounds, and the characters Turtle and Johnny Drama start throwing up in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard and then try and get knives and kill themselves. Like it's a really <laughs> yeah sick. graphic odd episode where the actor who plays Turtle actually cut his own wrist in the center of Sunset of the on the Sunset Strip. They didn't even film this. There's just photographs. He just did this because a 120 pound woman wandered onto the set and he's got his wrist and he's just trying to saw it with a spoon going. Ah. Yeah, they had to get a new turtle because he kills himself with a spoon. He kills himself because he takes both his eyes out, out and fucking shoots himself in the chest. He saw a woman eat a piece of bread and um, he shit on his own dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he shit and he ate it until he ate his own shit until his his insides uh went all toxic or whatever happens and then he shit those out and he died. Anyway, John, next week what are we doing? <laughs> um oh yeah, I don't know who we're doing next week. Who would you like to do? I was I was the advocate for Charlie Sheen. I'm really happy we did this one. I fucking think Charlie Sheen stinks. Also, let's all enjoy the deal and his shift his camera slightly so we can see the mirror. Means he's got a little shelf and he's got some uh, pens in the shelf. <laughs> Let's do straight up two girls, one cup. Oh. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, buddy. <laughs> We're gonna do two girls, one cup. Yeah, 100%. That's mine. That's what I got to pick. You pick Charlie Sheen. I pick two girls, one cup. All right. I don't know how we're going to get an entire episode out of that. We'll think I of do. a way to, to frame it. But fucking two guys, one podcast, two girls, one cup. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it. I've never watched Two Girls, One Cup. You never watched it. Never watched it. All right, cool. Two Girls, One Cup backslash try not to come challenge next week. Challenge not accceded. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to bust for sure. Of course. These women eat their own shit. I say this, and I also say this about 9-11. If they didn't want me to jack off, why did they do something so hard? (laughs) I have no idea how we're going to make a fucking episode out of this. Let's try. Two girls. I I, I don't know how we're going to make an episode without definitely going to jail. Like, There's no way. There's no way that we don't. We're going to have to film out. We're going to have to film a fucking. Oh, shit. That's the fucking sickest thing we can do, bro, is fucking. You can you watch two girls, one cup. We're going to watch the next. You have a reaction. We'll begin with me for the first time ever. That is watching two girls, one cup. That's how this is like 2008 YouTube. This is all it was. Was oh people reacting to there two girls a, one it's cup? Er, no, it's earlier than that. I think it was because two thousand. I think it was around was two thousand eight. It was right around the yeah. It would have been two thousand eight Christmas. The whatever Christmas was close to the financial crash was when everyone was watching two girls one cup. Which 
What a metaphor. Yep, that sounds mm. right. <laughs> That's good. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up right now. One sec. I'm gonna see how old these uh these are. Um, ladies and gentlemen, while Dylan's looking that up, I would just like to remind you um that we love you and uh please support us. You can head on over to our social medias at Dylan Gott or at the John Hastings. Uh also we will take this moment to announce we are going to be launching a Patreon. Uh, and if you would like to donate to that, that would be great. We will be doing probably a bonus episode and uh, we love you. Um, and if you do not want to donate to our Patreon, um, go fuck yourself. 15 years ago. Holy so how long is that? Shit. That's 2008. Yeah. Marines, two girls, one cup reactions. Uh, 15 years ago, 11 million views. So there it is. Two girls, one cup next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate and subscribe. We love you. Bye bye.